of different scriptures, so just keep your Bible handy. We're not going to read an opening, per se. I'm just going to remind you, as we've been looking at Ephesians 5.33, okay, as we've been looking at that, that verse, I know the one thing that 
and I won't spend a lot of time here, but the one thing a lot of people, if they're, especially if their marriage is in a bad case, they're going to say, well, that's all fine and good, but you don't know my situation. And I don't have to because God's word always works. And I know that sounds like a trite answer, but it is the truth. If you will practice, it does not matter how, when what state your marriage is in, it doesn't matter how you think. For instance, um, I, I, would have to, I would have to, in my mind, think that one of the number one things that when a guy thinks about a woman, the things that he gets tired of is he feels like she is controlling. Okay? That's very common what a, what a man feels like. I am not, I'm not respected. I have to respect her rights, not mine. I always have to do what she says. And typically that's because that's how, remember we looked at this, that's how females solve problems with females as they approach each other confrontationally. So I'll just pause. But when a guy approaches another guy confrontational, he's looking for a fight. <laughs> he's not looking to solve anything. <laughs> he's looking for a fight, okay? So when, when, a, when a man is confronted, he, feel, he feels his manhood is challenged and he needs to come up with the dukes, okay, to defend himself. Sometimes that's literal duke, sometimes it's not. I'm telling you guys, if you'll toss out your view of what you think your wife is trying to do in your marriage and love her like the Bible says, it will work, okay? Remember we, we talked about the vicious cycle, okay? Well, you want to know what... Uh, it's not a repair cycle, but it does work as a repair. It also works as maintenance and growth. But if he loves her, it motivates her to respect him, which motivates him to love her, which motivates him, okay? And sometimes that wheel is seemingly rusted, solid, not moving. It will move. God's ways work. They work. Do them, okay? Now, I use the guy example. Ladies, just apply it to yourself. So I'm, I'm going to say that it does not matter where you think your marriage is or what you think the position of your, your spouse is. No, that's not it. They're just trying to control me, or that's not it. They sh- they, he just doesn't love me anymore. You, you, would, you would do well. I, I, I read this illustration. As a matter of fact, I read it to my wife. There was a very alpha male guy. He didn't buy this whole thing, this whole lovey-dovey stuff, you know. And, and they're having, he's talking with a guy, talking with a counselor, and the counselor is saying, it, it don't matter how you view it, if you want your wife to... to turn herself around, you're going to have to turn yourself around. So his wife went after him, you know, the evil eye and a abusive a verbal attack, and uh, he was trying to solve it his old way, and he thought about what, what the guy said, and he said, well, I'm going to test this, because I think I, my wife just wants to control the situation. So he said, he looked at her and said, you can sit there and keep arguing and calling me names if you want, or you can join me on the couch and we can pray about it. And he was shocked because she instantly shut her mouth, walked over to the couch, sat down, and held out her hand. Because what she really was looking for was him. Closeness with him. And her way of going after it was a verbal attack. And uh, guys don't see that that way. So, I mean, that's totally just a different way. Now, ladies, guys, again, I'm applying it one side, apply it both sides. It does, it does, it does work. I don't care whether you believe it or not. I don't care what your excuse is. I don't care what you think that 
does not apply to you, it does. If you will use the Bible plan. Okay, so y- y'all, know, y'all know what the difference, uh, Brother Zane I know does, uh, between uh, flying a plane VFR or IFR. Okay, Brother, Brother Zane will, will tell you that I think you were always, you were, you were uh, cleared VFR, correct? Did you, did you go as far as IFR? Not yet. Okay, so VFR is learning how to orient yourself to the world using the plane with visual cues. Okay? IFR is where you have, you trust your instrument cues. Okay? For, just for instance, did you know that while you're flying a plane, you can feel like everything's normal and you can actually be upside down aiming at the ground? Well, not aiming at the ground, but I mean, you, you, somehow in your brain and everything, it feels normal. And you can look right at the instrument. So I don't know if you all know uh, the, the Kennedy Jr. It was Robert, I think. Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, was killed because he did not believe his instruments. He was a VFR qualified uh, pilot who did not believe his instruments. His instruments were telling him, you are going at the ground. No, that can't be right. And he crashed his plane and killed his family because he would not trust the instruments. He was only trusting what he was seeing. So I can pause what you see and what the Bible says is the difference, guys and women, ladies and men, husbands and wives, between VFR and IFR. What you think you're seeing from your spouse is one thing, and what the Bible says is the IFR. It's the, it's the instrument. It's the Bible telling you. When your wife, late guys, when your wife's coming at you with a verbal attack and she is coming at you with lots and lots of words, she is not being controlling. She is looking for love. Okay? Ladies, when you're going after your guy or when your guy suddenly turns his, turns his back on you, doesn't want to talk, and he's, I mean, physically turns his back on you, he's trying to change the subject, he's stonewalling you, whatever it is, he is physically telling you that's the instrument reading for not respected. Guys, the verbal attack is the instrument reading for not loved. Trust the instrument reading. Stop trusting your VFR. Trust the word. Trust the book. Okay? Ephesians 5.33 works it works anyways so now we're gonna we're gonna start being picky so now guys we're gonna talk to you for the next several weeks uh and i am i am using off a book uh i am i am making sure that we are doing a bible base i've already told i've told you some of this already but the book we're looking at is love and respect by emerson egrix if you'd like to get it it's a great book i would highly advise reading it i'm not using everything he's got and adding a little bit here and there, but it's, if, if something's really good, I'm not going to change it a lot because it's, it works. So what we're going to begin looking at for now is we're going to be looking at the ladies, guys, for you. Guys, how you can start loving your wife and how you can start watching for all those instrument cues to know what to do or to know what to look for. And we're going to use it using the word couple, C-O-U-P-L-E, one letter at a time, and tonight is the letter C. Couple, okay? Couple, C-O-U-P-L-E. So we're gonna, tonight we're going to look at C. And the word for C is a woman is looking for closeness. Closeness. Now, I need you to listen to me. Okay, listen to me. So here's a for instance. <coughs> Husband and wife are out on a date. Got it? They're out on a date. They're sitting at the table. Uh, <clears throat> the woman looks over across the room, sees a, another 
perhaps older couple. They're sitting there, sitting there and he's looking her in the eye. Or it could be a, maybe it's another younger couple. Who knows? But anyways, he's looking her in the eye and holding her hand. And, and uh, you know, there's this soft, and, and she looks, and she looks at her and says, Honey, do you see that? You see how, see how he's, he's looking into her eyes and listening to what she's saying? And how come you never do that? He turns and looks. Honey, I don't even know that woman. here's the deal. They're out on a date, and what the woman is looking for, connection, and the guy's in the middle of buttering his complimentary bread and thinking about the prime rib that's on the way. (laughs) Okay? Are you following me along, guys? Your wife needs closeness. She wants to talk to hubby. She wants closeness, and he's he's thinking guy stuff. Meat. (laughs) Food. Okay. And guys, your wife does need closeness. So I'm, I'm going to, again, we're going to walk through this. We have to learn to approach a woman, again, remembering that she sees things through pink glasses and hears things through pink hearing aids. That's the invitation. The invitation. That's the illustration we're going to be using. Okay? We have to begin to understand that. So, for instance, um, my wife and her friends or maybe some of the ladies of the church or whatever, um, I know Miss, my wife and Miss Jen, I think Miss Jen's done it too. They like to go down to Twin, go down to Twin Bean, which is a pretty good coffee shop, by the way. They like to go down there and get a crepe and a coffee and do this. Why? So they can do this. They, they, what are they doing? They are being close together. They are developing a strong, stronger friendships. They are... Um, uh, they walk out as friends. They walk out laughing, giggling. Maybe even they argued a little bit. Uh, I mean, but in the process, with that constant back and forth, they have developed some closeness, and they and they they leave having developed some friendships. Oh, and by the way, guys, your wife does need some girl time. Uh, your wife does need some girl time. If she's not getting it, you need to do what you can to help her get it. Okay. Beside the point. Now. I also have been to Twin Beans. As a matter of fact, I have met Mark Ward several times at Twin Bean. And it had nothing to do with closeness. Right? Am I right, Brother Mark? Like pretty much gazilch to do with closeness. We weren't, oh, let's get together so we can get to know each other better. and find. If either one of us thought that, we wouldn't have been anywhere near Twin Bean. We... Matter of fact, both, to the few times we've met, there was a purpose we accomplished the purpose, we enjoyed the coffee, and we might have even talked about some other stuff. And once the purpose is done, okay, see you later, have a great day, bye. I'm, we were not thinking about closeness, okay? No. The, we had purpose-centered, purpose-centered meeting for a specific topic that was not at least about closeness. Now, so guys, what I'm not asking you to do is become chatty Kathy, okay, <laughs> down at Twin Bean, who... Um, I'm not asking you to become effeminate, okay? Um, as a matter of fact, can I just t- tell you guys a little secret? Your wife does not want you to be effeminate. The fact that you are different from females is a great benefit for her. Well, I'm not asking you to become a- a- effeminate. As a matter of fact, okay, shut up. As a matter of fact, your God 
does not want you to be effeminate. So just so you get a, an idea of what God thinks about effeminate men. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. I'll read it to you. You can turn there if you want. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. He says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators shall inherit the kingdom of God, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind. It goes on. Listen, God, God is not looking for men to be effeminate. Now, let me just pause here and stop and say that there, there are men who have some more female characteristics and there are women who have some more male characteristics. That does not mean the man is effeminate and it doesn't mean that the woman is masculine. Okay? There is a range, there is a scope of these things. Okay? I just, I mean, there are several ways we could look at this. I, I don't know how to... Uh, I'm trying to do it without being... Um, crass or crude, um, but there are some guys who, whose voice, let's just use their voice, their voice didn't really change through the time of puberty, and that tends up being just a little bit higher. As a matter of fact, I went to school with um, a, a guy that all of us thought was going to turn out to be on the wrong side of things, and he was not. He was fine. Nothing wrong with him. It was, and he wasn't really effeminate, it was just the voice, okay? We just looked at the voice, okay? And there's, you know, there's some girls who who know how to walk, where guys want to watch, and there's other, guys, other girls who walk, and they look like uh, they're Paul Bunyan on their way to the forest or something. I don't know. That uh, doesn't mean, you hear what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm not trying to be crude or crass. There is, a, there is a realm here. But effeminate, we're not asking guys to become chatty Cathy females. However, the Bible does speak to men specifically about what God expects from men. So let me give you a couple examples. Just a couple of examples, Bible examples of women that are looking for closeness. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm going to try to be very careful. So if you want to turn um, to the Song of Solomon, I'm only going to read a portion of a verse, Song of Solomon. I'm only going to read a, a portion of a verse here. <clears throat> Song of Solomon, chapter 3. I'm going to read it for you also if you don't. And again, we're, we're looking at the words that are used. We're not looking at the whole context, just the words that are used inside some of these verses. Okay, Song of Solomon, chapter 3 and verse 4. This is the bride, this is the lady speaking. She says, It was but a little that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loveth. You hear that? She loved him, this my whom my soul loveth. I, look at, I held him... And would not let him go. Now let's just pause there. I know there's a further there's further stuff happening, but she held him and would not let him go. What was she looking for? Closeness. She wanted him to be near. Okay. She held onto him. She wanted him close. And that is exactly what it sounds like. It's closeness as it is as it sounds. Genesis chapter twenty nine verse thirty four. You know the struggle between Rachel and Leah. Okay. So which one did Jacob love? Rachel, okay, and who did he get first? So how do we think Leah was treated in, in the scenario? Okay, you think, you think the obvious overtones of love were as clear to Leah as they were to Rachel? 
No. You think Leah might have felt left out? Yes. Okay. Now, obviously, and again, please, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be crass, but there are some things just, there are some parts of this uh, we have to cross over into areas that make people feel a little uncomfortable, and I'm not in the least trying to be uncomfortable or crude, but Jacob was getting his side of the relationship out of this deal, okay? And it says in chapter 29, Genesis 29, verse 34, here's Leah, and I think this is after the mandrake set up. Verse 34 says, And she conceived again and bare a son and said, look, look it, Now this time will my husband be joined unto me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore was his name called Levi. Now, when she uses the word joined, she's not using an intimate reference in the way guys think of joined. Okay, The word joined here means united. United. So think, think of it this way. Perhaps now he will stay with me. Perhaps now he will spend time with me. Because he's united to Rachel, but I'm all I am is an object. Okay? Perhaps now he will be in... I don't think... I, th- I think in this day and age, even Leah would have... I think any time you give more than one wife, it looks weird. But I think... In a case where you have two wives, everybody wants their fair share, and Leah felt like she wasn't getting it. She wanted, and for a, for a, she was getting, there was children being born, okay? So again, I'm not trying to be disgusting. There were children being born. So Jacob was getting his side of the marriage process here. Leah did not feel like she was getting her side, because it was not all about that kind of intimacy. What she wanted was her husband to be joined to her, not you get the picture. She wanted to have his time. She was longing for his closeness. Now, I told you that the Bible clearly says it. It does. So turn back to the book of Genesis. Or if you're in the book of Genesis, go all the way back to chapter 2. It's a, it's a word we've used before, and it's very interesting how, how the Bible uh, uses these words. It's just amazing. Genesis in chapter 2. Go down to verse 24. So right here, right off the bat, first couple. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And I I do believe when you look at a verse like that, you know, I keep looking at it and saying, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Or if it's good for the gander, it's good for the goose. We're the other way around on this one. But... It's interesting, the wording, because, again, it talks to the man. Man, you leave your, you leave your father and your, and your mother, and cleave. Now, what, again, I know we talked about the impingement at some point in this, but that we talked, again, we referenced that's the secondary definition. What's the primary definition of the word cleave? Not, it's not cleaver. It's what? Cleave what? I'm, and here, I heard that. What else? Stick like glue is a really good one. To stick like glue, okay? A man should leave his father and mother and should cling to her. Cling to her. Okay, do any guys here really feel kind of that clingy? <laughs> oh, I mean, there are some guys who are clingy. But the, the, it's a command. Cling to your wife. Adhere yourself to her. Um, 
It's impossible to adhere to your wife if you are never with her. Listen, guys. You can use all the excuses you want about... So let me just pause right here. Guys, if you've got a job that keeps you away from your wife more hours than there are in the week, change jobs. What's more important, your job or your wife? There's no, there's no questioning what the answer is to that. Your job is not more important than your wife, period. Not. You lose your wife, you, find, you lose your job, you know, yeah, it might be a trouble, you go get a different job. Let me tell you, you lose your wife, it sticks with you forever, even if you replace her, <laughs> okay? It sticks with you forever. Cling to, adhere to her. Cling to your wife. You cannot do that while you're away. Listen, cling to her. That's exactly what she wants. That is what your wife wants. Your wife wants you to cling to her. Now, not clingy, you know, just like, just like all humans. Okay, 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 <laughs> that's enough. Give me some space. She wants, she wants to be the one that you adhere yourself to. She wants to be the one that you stick yourself to. She wants to be the one that is the, she is the primary consumer of your male attention. Amen. Guys, listen to me. This is what closeness is. Let's let's go further. Some of you are having trouble with this. 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. Just keep right on going. We'll get some more practical connection here in just a little bit, okay? Some of this stuff, I'm going to just tell you. So I'm not, I'm not promoting myself as the expert. I'm, I am a student. <laughs> um, don't ask my wife. I am a student, okay? I'm also learning these same things. But the Bible is clear, so we have to learn these things together. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Likewise, ye husbands. So who's the verse talking to? The men. Talking to the guys. Look at Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Now, we're going to look at the rest of that in a little bit later. Dwell with them according to knowledge. Well, let's, we're just going to start right there with the word dwell. We're not going to go any further. Because dwell does not mean that you live at the same address. Okay? You understand that? It does not mean that you live at the same address. Just like it would be that you, you wouldn't say that you, as a believer, you dwell with God, as in you both attend the same church. Okay? Dwell means you live with them. That's where you spend your time. That's where you spend your, that's where your abode is. That's where you have set up your house. It's, it's actually to, listen, I know this is, guys, this is really complicated. Uh, everybody's thinking this way too complicated. This, this is really how complicated it is. To be in the same place she is. That's what that means. To be in the same place she is. Well, you know, we live in the same house. No, not residing in the same address. To be in the same place she is. And it says dwell with her according to knowledge, which means use your brain, dude. <laughs> Think about it. It... it my wife and I can be in the same room. So, for instance, when we were in evangelism, we used to, used to be this game to go to churches and figure out, well, we met the pastor. Who's the pastor's wife? Okay? We would do that. Who's the pastor's wife? 
And you go, and my wife and I, oh, that's the pastor's wife. You're like, sometimes like, duh, no question. Okay, they kissed, that's the pastor's wife. <laughs> if it's not, there's something really wrong here, you know. And it was funny sometimes that we'd say, oh, well, you know, and you'd assume that this is the wife, and that was not the wife. And then you'd walk out of the room going, wow. Why? Because he spent all his time with that woman, but that's his wife. Ladies, any problems going on here in your heads? Yeah, there was some problems going on in our heads, going, what in the world? <laughs> There's some kind of huh, weird going on there. No, there needs, to be, there needs to be a togetherness. Now, I'm not saying gauge everybody at church, okay? That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. But the, the, the principle here is your wife needs you, your physical presence, and, according to knowledge, your mental presence. She needs you there. Live with her. Not live at the same address. Pay attention. Think. Listen. Okay? Listen to her needs. Listen to what she's saying. Again, so this is, I know this is, okay, well, pause. I'm going to get ahead of myself. So, so I'm going to use one more thing. I'll just tell you about it so you can write it down. And you, you know, you know the, the principle. But in Deuteronomy 24.5, okay, they were talking about men going to war. And then it said, if a man is newly married... Uh, you tell me, a newly married man, was he supposed to go to war in the Israelite army? No, he was supposed to stay home for how long? A whole year to cheer up his wife. That's literally basically what it says, to cheer up his wife. Okay, The purpose was she needed his closeness in that first year very, very badly. And now think about this. It was expected of a soldier. So think about an Israelite soldier. They're standing, they're standing up there getting ready to go to... To, to war or to go to drill or whatever, and in walks this dude. And, you know, it used to be like, oh, there's, you know, what we would do today, mama's boy, always got to be back there with his wife. In those days, it would have been, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be with your wife. What, what are you doing here? Go, get, get out of here. You, you, you're not supposed to be here. Well, well, this is not the place to solve the problem. Okay. That, think, think this through a sec, guys. I'm having trouble with my wife. Our relationship really isn't that great. And your answer for solving that problem is to spend less time with her. No, that's the selfish response, so I don't have to deal with the issue. But that's not how you solve the problem. You don't solve the problem by spending less time with her. Amen. Ladies, this is how we're going to finish this up. This is real simple. Guys, I want you to pay attention to the answers, and I understand not all ladies are going to answer the same. It's okay. Okay? So, ladies, let me ask you some questions. And I, I want you to physically respond with an up, upraised hand. Okay? I, w- I want to see it. So primarily I'm going to look at wives here. All right? And for those of you who might know... Uh, <clears throat> well, anyways, you get the picture. So, ladies, you feel close to your husband when? Okay? So, hear what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to give a series of things. You feel close to your husband when? So, if I say something that makes you feel close to your husband, I want you to raise your hand. Can you do that, ladies? Is everybody here? Ladies, let's, let's see if we can raise your hand. Can you do that, ladies? Okay, so we got one, two, three. So, at least eight or nine of you. There we go. Okay. Okay, so ladies, you feel close to your husband, or, you're, or yes, you feel close to your husband when he holds your hand. 
Get, look around. Look around, guys. Okay? <laughs> well, I want you to see the preponderance. Some of you husbands, yeah, just look next to you. You should have the answer you need right there. Ladies, you feel close to your husband when he hugs you. Okay? Ladies, and again, I'm, I'm going to try to cover some areas here very carefully without being embarrassing, so listen carefully. Ladies, you feel close to your husband when he is affectionate without any ulterior motives. Okay? Did everybody see in that? Okay. Ladies, you feel close to your husband when um, he purposely finds time to spend alone with you and talks and laughs. This one surprised me. Um, you know, long walks together. But now hope pause, pause. Okay. Ladies, you feel close you feel close to your husband when you go for a walk or a jog together. That says one, two, three. Okay, a few of them. Yeah, not everybody does that. Okay. You feel close to your husband when he sets up a date night, picks the place, plans the whole thing himself. Okay, there we go. Um, and he's also the one that thought of having the date night. Okay. Ladies, you feel close to your husband when um, you go, he goes out of his way to maybe run an errand for you or to do a little side job that you have to do. Okay. I, haven't seen it. I guess I should be looking too here. I'm not paying attention. <laughs> so far, I think I've been every which one. She's had every hand up on every one of them. Okay. Ladies, you, um, you feel close to him. Now, let me pause here. Guys, you, you hear what I'm doing? I'm giving you practical things to obey Scripture, to dwell with your... Well, I'm going to be a hypocrite. I, no, it's not about what you feel. It's about what you're supposed to do. It's how she hears love. It's how she feels love, okay? Ladies, you feel close to your husband when he makes it a priority to spend time with you. Now, there's a few hands going up. Um, ladies, you feel close to your husband when, you're, when your uh, husband knows that you are, you are a person up here also. And in here, in between these. Okay. Uh, I know this one to be true, and I think most people do, but uh, ladies, you, you feel close to your husband when he suggests and does something a little off the wall and maybe unexpected, like, let's go out and look at the stars. How, 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 about, how about let's just go out for, uh, it depends on where you grow up, a walk on the beach, a walk in the forest. Here would be a walk in the desert. How about a walk in the canyon? <laughs> Some unexpected, let's do this. Let's do that. Okay? And there's, there's other things we could go to, but let's just do this one. When your, wife, when your husband talks to you. When your husband talks to you. Okay? So, do you know what happens when guys get home from work? 
It's like, oh, we're home from work, click. Brain goes off. Now, I know not all husbands do this. Some husbands go into a different work mode. Some people turn off their brain. Some people turn it into a different work mode of a brain. Okay? They switch into a just, they, they go from working at work to working at the house. Okay? But listen to me. That is not being close to your wife. Just adding work while you're at the house is not, it's not being close. So you just saw a whole bunch of ladies in here raise their hands continuously on things like holding hands, being affectionate with, without intimacy expected, um, focusing on her and listening to her, hearing what she's saying, laughing together, maybe playing a game, okay, going for a walk. Let, listen, these are practical things that all these women in here just admitted that's how they experience closeness, okay? Uh, seek her out, make it a priority, spend time with her, be aware that she is a person, a thinking person, um, so guys are simple-minded. Guys, can I get an amen on that one? Um, I know it sounds funny, but it is true that most of the time guys are like, we are hunters by nature, you know? We, we go out, find the elk, learn where the elk, where their territory is, what do they eat, find what they eat, where do they drink, find what they drink, where do they sleep, find what they sleep, kill an elk, okay? Bring it home and hang it on a wall. Find the deer, Okay? Okay, if we go to the store, listen, I hate going to the mall. I, shopping is... Uh, only place I even feel close to interested in shopping is like Sportsman's Warehouse because all the things, all the things I'm looking at are actual goals. They're, they're not just general shopping about, oh, maybe this one, maybe not. No, I'm looking at, that's a good one. I want to have that one someday. Ooh, that's a good one. I want to have that one someday. They're all goals, okay? When I like to go shopping, I go in. I, I find, if, if I have to go to the mall and my wife says... I, you know, this is what I want for Christmas. It's at this store, and when she's really cool, she'll actually take a picture of it. You know, like here's where it's at in Kohl's or J.C. Penney and on. So then I can walk in. I can find the nearest entrance to that location, get to that point, bag the sweater, get to the car, go home. I'm done. I don't have to hang it on the wall. I can just wrap it up in the box, hang it on the woman. Okay. <laughs> Listen, guys. Sometimes we think the same way about women. Listen. Must get married. The body tells me I must get married. I like that woman. Bagged the woman. Brought her home. Hang her on the wall. I'm done. Listen, I'm done. But here's the deal. Here's the deal about women. We think we got it figured out. And I'm just, I'm, ladies, this is a good way to look at a guy. We think, well, I got the elk. I understand the elk. I, so, guys, let me just tell you a little secret. You are never going to fully understand what you bagged. Uh, the, Bible called, the Bible says that, a, that a, a man should seek to raise his daughter as a gem, as a polished gem, okay? Polished stones, like, okay. So you know what a gem is, right? When it's, especially when it's perfect, you know, it's been cut beautifully. It means every time you turn it, there's a little different facet, and it catches the light just a different way. I have no doubt. I've thought my wife on particular things, and she'll argue with me to this day about it, and I've just learned to say, go with the flow. That's like, there's one day, I know she likes this. I know it. She has told me clearly she likes this. Okay, so go about it. One day, all of a sudden, she clearly does not like that. I'm going, pardon? <laughs> you used to say, no, I never said that. No, okay, well, what is it you like now? Like, what's happened? Guess what? People aren't static. We aren't, especially, and no offense, ladies, but you, got, you guys change. Matter of fact, you all have a rule about it. It's a woman's right, okay? <laughs> okay, 
It's where it's a woman's prerogative. That I hated mustard when we got married. Matter of fact, I hated mustard for a long time after we got married. She doesn't even know what ketchup is. I'm ketchupaholic, okay? I know she knows what ketchup is, but anyway, so I, I have learned to like mustard. Shocker of all shockers, okay? And she's, well, ketchup on her hot dog. She's always done that. But anyways, so she, she has different facets. And someday as we're talking and getting interested, I mean, actually talking, a new facet of my wife will open up, and I'll have discovered that what I hung on the wall is totally different than what I thought I bagged initially, and that's not always a bad thing. Right, guys, there's this new facet. There's this new thing. There's this new thought. There's this new, there's seeing her in a new light, a new way. I think, guys, for many of us, we need to begin to look at our wife not as the elk I bagged and hung on the wall, but as, but as something that has so many different facets, I'll never stop learning about all the new sides of her. And that's one of the reasons God put them in our life. Because if they were like the guys we work with, who are as predictable as dirt, <laughs> come on, we all know exactly that guy's going to have this for lunch, and he's going to go to this place for this, and he's going to do We know it because guys are like boring once they gonna get an, a, a roar. Even the guys who are even the guys who are quote unquote impulsive are pretty boring. They're predictable. We got them figured out. Your wife is very rarely that way. She will always offer to you a new and interesting side if you will pay attention to her. And the only way that happens is in closeness. Amen. In closeness. C is for closeness and guys, your wife needs you. Your physical presence, your ears. So, ladies, how many of you know that you have said things to your husband quite clearly that he has apparently in your mind answered to that he later says he never heard? How many of you are willing to raise a hand and admit that? Okay. My wife has learned this new thing. If she's just talking to talk and I'm actually not there, she's okay with that. But if she needs me to hear it, she, she does Tim. And I'm, unfortunately, it's like, Tim. Tim. Yeah, what? 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 So she has, uh, so here's a ticket. Do, do you ever, I remember when Autumn was little bitty. I don't remember when it was. I know some of you have seen it. She's little bitty, little busy, and little bitty. And she was a yammerin, okay? And she, she did pretty good at that. And of course, I'm being dad. Uh-huh, yep, yep, doing whatever I'm doing. And all of a sudden, I felt this little hand. Daddy, listen to me. Because I wasn't looking at her, I was not listening to her. It's amazing how that even as a little bitty girl, she understood that if daddy's not looking, he's not hearing. <laughs> but it was more than that. There is an instinctive need in a woman to be face to face face to face and guys we all need it face to face not uh huh yep right or mm mm-hmm yeah gotcha or uh huh yep gotcha they need they need face to face eyeball to eyeball if you want to really get 
down about the word cleave, that's face to face. One flesh is face to face. And that's what your wife needs. She needs you. She needs your ears, your eyes, your brain, thinking. She needs your presence. She needs your time. She needs closeness. Amen. Amen. And guys, you just had a whole little bitty list of, and I'll guarantee it, because of your many-faceted wife, not all of these things on this list are all that you're going to need to use, but you can learn it. Dwell with her according to knowledge. Find out what your wife needs from you in closeness. Because guess what? You are commanded to love your wife, and your wife sees love as closeness. Dear Father, Lord, I know, uh, Lord, there's not a marriage in the room that cannot benefit from the addition of learning how to dwell and abide with our wives. How to give them not just the security of a home and a paycheck, but the security of our hearts and eyes and ears. To listen well, to talk well. Father, please teach us as men to love our lives in this particular area of giving her the closeness that she needs. Lord, help us even now in our minds to set a, a Lord, a, a, a pattern or, a, or an attempt of something we'd like to do this week or this week, something that we'd like to try, something, we'd, something we're going to put in place, some, some new pattern, some new habit, some new activity, Lord, whether it be planning a date or just holding your hand or sitting on purpose and putting down the phone and the paper and the remote and listening, listening. Lord, teach us. Teach us as men to give our wife, wives the love that they hear and see and need with their pink, their pink glasses and their pink hearing aids. Lord, I pray you would do so. We'll thank you for it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.